0: Alright, how you guys doing? This is a kind of a repeat. I noticed a lot of people listen to this episode, or at least it gets more episode plays than the others. And the microphone I was using sucked. So, yeah, Ruby Ridge, for those of us who only got one side or no side. For many of us, you've never heard of Ruby Ridge. But it happened back in 1992, and it was a horrific thing in this country. And everybody should know about this, because this is a kind of a time capsule in time. I think it's worth repeating. The murder of Sammy Weaver and the ensuing siege that led to the murder of Vicky Weaver, the shootings of Randy Weaver and Kevin Harris, and the psychological torture of the surviving children, is collectively known as the Ruby as Ruby Ridge. This was an absolute travesty in America. The beginning of a take-no-prisoners approach to law enforcement. This was also an absolute joke as to just how many agencies were working on subverting a group without even knowing about each other's informants. It was an absolute joke. Your government is so disorganized, it's just fucking stupid. This started when the Weaver family took their belongings and moved to a very modest cabin in rural Idaho. In this seemingly peaceful and remote setting, the Weaver's world would be turned into a nightmare. As it would happen, the U.S. government was very interested in a group located near the Weavers' new home. Through operations like PAC-CON and others, the Feds had invented their own extremist neo-Nazi organization and crossed the U.S. looking to entrap/slash recruit unsuspecting patriots. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. They uh, they invented out of whole cloth this this organization, gave it a name and everything, and then crossed the country looking to fuck people over. Randy Weaver ended up at a picnic held by the Aryan Nations that happened to be swarming with informants and undercover agents for several different agencies. That's the funny thing. At least the ATF and FBI each had assets at the occasion. And the funny thing is, they didn't fucking even know about each other. They're that stupid and disorganized. The ATF was the agency that set to work on Randy Weaver. They attempted to get him to secure automatic weapons, otherwise known as Class 3 weapons. After he made it clear to them that he had no access to such weapons, they changed tactics. From then on, the goal was to get Randy to saw off a couple shotguns. Then they could use the weapons charge to coerce Randy into being an informant against the Aryan nations. Weaver declined the offer to become a snitch, and then refused to go to court for the trumped-up charges they were using to threaten him with. This was the beginning of an 18-month-long standoff. 18 months, people where the Weavers refused to leave their home and the agencies interested in capturing him continued to lose their fucking minds. Mind you, they wanted Randy to be an informant on a group he had visited three or four times in four years. Not exactly a great asset. I mean, come on, dude. Not an asset at all. sad. The nightmare began August 21st, 1992. This night, marshals dressed up in military garb and armed with submachine guns spooked the family dog. This sent the two grown men and little Sammy and his dog to go investigate what they hoped was a deer. Sammy, the 13-year-old, 120-pound boy, was first to make contact with the agents. The agents made themselves known by shooting Sammy's dog in the back so the boy could watch it shriek out in pain. After this, the boy shot towards the woods in protection of himself and his dog. Sammy's last words were, I'm coming home, Dad. Sammy was then shot first in the arm that damn near took it off. I mean, it, yeah, right at the shoulder. The kill shots raked up the boy's back as he ran towards his father. They shot him in the back. Your government. When the night was done, Sammy and his dog were dead. One agent was dead as well. Now the feds took the gloves off, and the situation escalated. The next day, Randy and his daughter Sarah and Kevin went to see Sammy's body, to mourn and to be with him one last time. As Randy cleared the corner of the shed housing the lifeless body of his only son, he took a rifle shot to the shoulder. Hearing the shot, Vicky opened the front door of their home and ushered them all to come back inside. At this time, another rifle round rang out. This shot was to tear through the face and throat of Vicki Weaver, killing her outright. She died holding her 18-month-old. She fell straight down, gripping her daughter to keep her from falling. The bullet that ripped through Vicki's throat continued on into Kevin. Kevin was hit in the chest and suffered a punctured lung. Finally, they got all the bodies inside. Vicki was left in the entryway with a blanket covering her head. For the next several days, the Weaver family that remained alive was subject to psychological warfare. The feds would constantly ask how Vicky was doing. They would begin... <clears throat> the mornings by saying good morning Vicky what's for breakfast what do you have for the kids we're eating pancakes all after she was dead by their own hands however awful this must have been on Randy Weaver I am disgusted to think of the effects this had on his poor daughters watching your mother get butchered your father shot and the family friend wounded fucking so seriously that he would die if not given medical attention wasn't enough They had to endure the taunting by federal agents over their dead mother who was lying right in plain sight. And by this time, man, six, seven days into it, shit, man, dead bodies start to bloat and stink. Mm. In the end, Weaver and Harris were both found not guilty. You understand that? Weaver and Harris, the two men, not guilty of the charge except one failure to appear in court for Weaver. So the dead fucking agent, they didn't get a thing for that. The government paid out a million dollars to each surviving child and $100,000 for Randy himself. Here's some quotes from <clears throat> Weaver's congressional testimony. Quote, On August 21st, 1992, Federal marshals shot my son, Samuel, in the back and killed him. He was running home to me. His last words were, I'm coming, Dad. They shot his little arm almost off and they killed him by shooting him in the back with a 9 millimeter submachine gun. The gun had a silencer on it. He was not wanted for any crime. He did not commit any crime. The marshals killed his dog right at his feet. He only tried to defend himself and his dog. Sammy was just 14 years old. He did not yet weigh 80 pounds. He was not yet 5 feet tall. The marshals who killed Sammy were grown men. They were in combat gear they had their faces painted with camouflage. They were wearing full camouflage suits with black ninja type hoods. They were carrying submachine guns and large caliber semi-automatic pistols. They were trained to kill. Two of them were hiding behind trees and rocks in the woods where they could not be seen. The third was around a bend in the trail in the thick forest. They were under direct orders from Washington to do nothing to injure the children. They were to have no contact or confrontation with me or my family. They killed him anyway in violation of their orders. On August 22, 1992, completely without warning of any kind, an FBI sniper shot and killed my wife, Vicki. He was using a three oh eight caliber sniper rifle with a specially weighted barrel <clears throat> and a 10 power scope. He was using match grade ammunition. He had years of training to kill. I heard him testify at the trial that he wanted to kill. He shot my wife in the head and killed her. She was not wanted for any crime. There were no warrants for her arrest. At the time she was gunned down, she was helpless. She was standing in the doorway of her home. She was holding the door open for me and Sarah and for Kevin Harris. She was holding Alicia, our 10-month-old baby girl, in her arms. As the bullet crashed through her head, she slumped to her knees, holding Alicia tightly so she would not drop her. We took the baby from her as she lay dead and bleeding on our kitchen floor. Unquote. This is hardly breaking news, but it's important to me. I was only 10 years old when this happened and remember nothing about it from the time. I have had to research it myself to get anything close to the truth. The Weaver family has been called white white supremacists and plenty else to dehumanize them. Let this be a history lesson for those who were too young to have seen this firsthand, this is my small attempt to humanize and support the weavers and all the rest of the victims of this demonic government. And then there's a link to the testimony on my website. And this really, <clears throat> this really marked a turning point in law enforcement in this country. It really did. Um, this take no prisoners, kill attitude, m- man, did it take over right around this time? And PATCON. Y- y'all should really check that out. You can just search PATCON. Um, this is, you know, it's Patriot Conspiracy. So this is an operation they put together in the 1980s. And by 1992, it had it developed itself into, you know, something all, a, a thing unto its own, which is what happens with these government programs, right? Because they're ran by really imperfect fucking lunatic people. Um the type of people that would shoot a fucking unarmed woman in the face holding a baby. All right? That's the type of people we're talking about. Not the type of people you would want watching your children. Hmm. Or, or is it the type of people that you're sending your children to at school? But this isn't about school. You know, right after this, you know, just a mere year later was Waco. And what another god-awful just... Display of just unbelievable force against a peaceful group of people, you know, and there's there's just nothing you can say to justify any of the government's behavior. They weren't able to justify it to a, a, a jury in Idaho, you know, and this was all put to put right to a jury and the jury said we we don't see any crime here other than not appearing in court. You know, ooh, what a what a what what a monster. And as for the Aryan nations, I mean, Jesus, they must all be feds, right? I mean, if you think you can you know, I, I wouldn't trust a single uh, not a single like uh, you know, high publicity militia or any of these groups, man. They're they're more feds than they are not. The feds have infiltrated everything. I mean, once they got inside of the KKK, yeah, there are no white separatist groups that are legitimate and that are not already under surveillance, if not totally infiltrated by feds. Um, yeah, you can really only trust the people that you know. And I mean, no, personally, you can't really know people on the computer. they could be anything. But... Police used to be peace officers in this country, you know, and yeah, your home used to be something that was, uh, considered your castle and that's, that's why Randy wasn't found guilty. I mean, you know, an agent was killed. He could have been killed by friendly fire. The truth is these lunatics were firing blankly into the woods, you know, and they murdered a little boy, you know, a 14 year old boy, according to the, his father wasn't 90 pounds you know, I mean, just terrible, I'm. Mean, if you mistake that for a, a grown man, you have no business doing anything, and I mean, really, right, you should, you shouldn't even be a dog catcher, let alone be given a submachine gun, and yeah, what were they doing anyways, you know, why was it such a big deal to them anyways, they just had to get something, some dirt on somebody in the Aryan Nations, <laughs> why'd it have to be Randy Weaver, you know, The man, he he just wrong place, wrong time. And it cost him his fucking family. He had to see his wife get butchered and his son. uh, Can you imagine the pain of doing that? Of having to go through that? And the seven day long siege that lasted after his wife was butchered. You know, he had to sit there in the same fucking small cabin with his dead wife. And, And his daughters, by the way, too and his buddy that was slowly dying in front of his eyes, you know, it's crazy, absolutely crazy, and the feds had total control over the property, they had listening devices everywhere, they had cameras everywhere, I mean, they had, they they had him down pat, I mean, to act like he was some sort of terrorist or something, you should, I mean, just look at some of the footage from the time, they, they, they cordoned off the area like it, you know, like they were dealing with a, you know, uh, a foreign invasion. It's just nutty. Uh, the local people went on down there to, you know, call them baby killers and freak out on them. But the news just reported, oh, these white separatists. You know, they're up here causing trouble. You know, that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. They were separatists, as in they wanted to separate from everything. They wanted a hard break from the culture that was already shit back in 1992 you know, so that's why they moved to a cabin in the fucking forest in Idaho, and if you can't be, you know, left alone in a forest in Idaho, where the hell can you be left alone? My guess is nowhere, and that was back in 1992, so you can only imagine how things have changed. They've changed radically, I can tell you that. I lived in the time where cops acted like peace officers, and I've watched them turn into monsters, so... This was the beginning and, you know, the feds kind of took the role and then they started the, you know, with a 1033 program or whatever that is that lets, uh, the federal government exchange, uh, military hardware with your local police departments. And this was around the time where they started basically taking over local police departments and taking them away from the citizenry and really out of your hands, you know, and putting more emphasis on the fake cops and municipal cops and less emphasis on the sheriff that you actually get to elect. So this is, you know, it's, it may seem like an isolated incident, but it's really not. It it really marks a change in, in this, in this country's history, a real change in the way that law enforcement deals with the public. Um, You know, they used to be considered citizens just like us. You would never hear a cop use the word civilian when they were talking about anybody because they, they are civilians themselves. You know, they're not military. The police are not military in this country. There's something called posse comitatus that it, it bans the military from performing any police activities. They're, it's illegal. Um, it's, it's obviously not in effect anymore, and it hasn't been in effect since 1992. That's the problem. These feds had no right to be doing what they were doing. They have no police <clears throat> powers in this country. The police powers lie in the elected sheriff of your county. Now, the elected sheriff of that county, I'm sure, didn't see anything he needed to get involved in. Uh, The elected sheriff in the county that Waco is in knew the people and the Branch Davidians, knew them well, and knew them as good Christian people that just minded their own fucking business. But the feds took a lot of interest in these people and murdered a lot of fucking people. So, they have no right to do that at all. And if we were still paying attention to our elected sheriffs instead of these municipal fucking losers who pretend to be cops because they have a fucking costume, you know, we'd be a lot better off. Uh, the sheriff in your county is the highest legal authority. He can overrule anything some municipal cop says. He is really the only legitimate law enforcement officer because he holds office. You understand? He holds an elected office. So we call him an officer and we call his fucking, you know, his posse deputies. But that, you know, so if we don't like what his deputies are doing, we get rid of the sheriff. That's how that works. That's how you have local control over your fucking law enforcement. We have lost that. We have totally given it away and they have violated posse comitatus at it. So it's a bad thing. It's terrible. Uh, we need to take local power back. So, like I said, this <clears throat> kind of a redo of, of an episode that I noticed just got attention. So this is a little bit more to it in a better, a better recording. And yeah, I can't emphasize how much this changed America and, and Waco is, you know, kind of solidified it, but, uh, This is a massive event in U.S. history, and it doesn't get its due as far as, you know, history. So you're getting it from me. (laughs) Y'all take care. Have a good one.